Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. This is a weird break. <laughs> I absolutely have. One of we these. have definitely forgotten how to do this because it has been several weeks, it feels like. Many I weeks. Don't, I, I'm, I haven't forgotten. I, I think we're in a new location. We are in a new and location. a lot I'm getting used to. We're in a very weird setup and I don't like it, so I'm going to have to figure something out because there are cords stretched everywhere. You're sitting on a comfy, comfy chair. I'm sitting in a desk chair. I'm tilted at a real weird angle that I don't think is going to last for very long. There's a freeway across the street. Yes, we're in the house of sounds right now. Everything is very loud. I'm going to do my best to do editing around the sound, but it might make us sound weird. So my editing skills are going to increase, but it might take a little while to get there. So I'm sorry if Mm. this doesn't sound great. Uh, Hopefully it's not totally horrible and you can't and people can't listen to it because we're going to make it a good episode. Yes, you should listen to it. We promise to be more entertaining. It's just going to sound she does. loud. All right. Hi, everyone. Hi. We're back. We yeah. were on hiatus because uh, because 2020, the end. <laughs> we don't need to go into it too much, but we did move. So we moved. Yes. Ta-da. And now... We live in a new place with a bad setup for podcasting, so... Yeah, I'm going to miss the fireplace. Why? Um, I don't know why. It made it sound like we were... I have no idea. You just think sitting in front of the I, fireplace made us seem... the fireplace was inherently dramatic. Er, er, erudite? Yes. Is that the word? And now I'm sitting in a comfy chair, so I feel less... Like Alistair Cook and more like Archie Bunker. Should I get you a pipe and a yes, cardigan? Would that I will, help? I will. Well, I have a cardigan in my closet. Well, then I, we I will bring fix it next it, time. Although we'll, it we'll is have props. Hot. It is very warm. I have a spyglass with a horn handle. I'll bring that next time too. Why are you so unprepared? Isn't this our first record yes. in so long? Hey, everybody. Hi. We'll stop sniping at each other too. So this week we're going to talk about. What we were we're going to talk about, and also the next thing, because... It's an enigma. Scheduled for this week was Under the Dome. Under the Dome. And with all open hearts, we went into Under the Dome, and we decided... So we had watched it the first season when it was on live. Um, right. In 2014. 14. And then we did not watch season two and season three. So what we thought we might be able to do was watch the opening episode and the finale episode. And y'all, that's not enough. That's, we couldn't, I don't know what we would say. I mean, we're going to say some things and then we're going to be done in five minutes. And so that's only the first part of this episode. The second part of this episode is what we were going to talk about next week, which is A Good Marriage. Starring Joan Allen, whose name I always forget. And Anthony, Anthony LaPaglia. Okay. LaPaglia. You got it out. Do you say it with the hard G or not? I have no idea. He's Australian. Yeah, I know, but that is an Italian last name. Yes, it is. It's not like he's got an aboriginal name. No. No. Mm-mm. And uh, that was a movie that uh, we watched. And right. so we're going to talk about it. We watched both things, but we watched one was things. enjoyable and the other one was... Mm. It was... Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's start with Under the Dome. Under the Dome. So I really like Under, Do- Under the Dome, the book. Tell Although me about I the book. What happens? don't remember it. There's a dome and there's aliens. And there's people under it. And then there's an ending. Okay. This is, this is the fundamental difference between the movie and the book. There is an, it's slightly ambiguous, but there mm-hmm. is an ending. Um, I was what, shocked. What is the ending? In the book, Barbie and Julia, these are characters from the show as well, right. uh, go to the control device and beg these captors who are basically... Basically, it's like Horton hears a who. Mm-hmm. We're the who's. And Horton is a leatherhead alien, but it's a bunch of actual kids. And they have this device that like lets them... like It's like an ant farm. We're like okay. an ant farm to them. And then they can watch what happens. And they convince them that we're sentient beings and they should let us go. And then they let us go. But a lot of the stuff that happens in the TV show, I think, translates... Like, comes directly from the right. book. Um, so what I will say is, 
the opening is strong, strong mm-hmm. opening. The uh, images of the, especially like the car crashes, there's a, a truck that hits the dome, which is a barrier, uh-huh. right? Uh, an invisible barrier. When the truck hits it, that's an impressive, mm. especially for TV, an impressive um, effect. Okay. But so what the sh- what the show is, what the sh- well, I can't say what the, sh- the whole show is, but the premise is town of Chester's Mill. It's in Maine because, of course, it is. Uh, a dome appears one day. They presume it's a dome eventually. We don't know it. It's called Under the Dome, so it's a pretty good presumption. There will be a dome, and people will be under it. Um, and it's this invisible barrier that doesn't allow anything through, uh, and it's what happens to the people under there. Under there. Uh, in the book, it's like not very long. Um, let's see. October 21st, 2017 is the day that it happens. That's weird. Because that book was released in 2009. Okay. <laughs> so it was in the future. Um, and it's like three weeks of time, if that. All right. uh, in the in the book, it's not. It's longer time in the show because apparently there's a time jump. Uh-huh. But then whether or not it's a real time jump is unclear because they spend a year outside of the dome, very much like Lost. But then they wake up and realize they were right. in the dome the whole time. So, and like I said, we never saw season two or season three. So we watched season one, wherein basically you're introduced to the characters, the nefarious and the righteous, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and they're all going to be together going forward. Presumably, then you wouldn't expect new characters to come up in later seasons, but they do. They do. <laughs> which right. is weird. Um, and then by the time we get to the end, honestly, it was a terrible idea to watch the the first and the last because I had no concept of what was happening. Well, many uh, two of the main characters uh, from season one yeah. we were following are dead by season three. Right. And there's a passing reference to them. But also, um, like... Dean Norris is in this uh-huh. as a baddie because he plays a baddie real good, bald baddie, right? That's what you find when you look up bald baddie. I think we did this conversation a little while ago. And uh, he goes full psychopath in this last episode and just starts right. murdering everybody. But meanwhile, I guess I'm supposed to have some care for his son who in the first season kidnaps and tortures a young woman. Yes, which and I didn't understand kills, maybe? either. I can't remember what had um, happened to her. She's she, dead by um, the end of it. The actress, Britt Robertson, yeah. who's very funny. She's I like her She's, a lot. Uh, I remember seeing her in Tomorrowland, which is a very odd movie. And she kind of stole that one. No, almost. she's great. She was in a very, very terrible funny. Netflix show called Girl Boss. All right, she needs to make better choices. Yes. However, um, she was the kidnapped victim in seasons one and two. And didn't make it to season three. Her character never does. Her um, Natalie Martinez, who plays Linda Esquivel, who's uh, the uh, she was the, my favorite in, the, in right. the opening. She doesn't make it. To she season doesn't make three. it either. That's unfortunate. And uh, what we have is uh, Rachel Lefebvre, who's yes. playing Julia Shumway, who I remember when I lost patience with the show was when it seemed like every episode began or ended with her literally marching into a scene and having someone come up. And run up to her and say, "We're running out of oxygen, or we're running out of water." Right, and it's her; she's got to fix it because she, she's not Dean Norris, who is ostensibly in charge, right. but is also an asshole. And also, y'all, there's a whole meth uh, plot. Mm-hmm. Dean Norris is running a meth lab and was stockpiling propane, so there's an explo- big propane explosion at some point. Right, like, it's I, a lot of stuff because small towns have all the same shit as big cities; it's just more concentrated. And I like Rachel Lefebvre. Yeah. Uh, she did a very interesting horror film involving a, a phone... You mean Twilight? No. Sorry, she was also in Twilight. She was in a <laughs> film that the title escapes me. It had to do with a person receiving phone calls from a uh, telephone, and the calls were 10 years old or something. It's a really... It was an interesting film. I liked her performance in it. So she's she's received... Is it like Lake House? Like that? The Caller. That's a bad title. Yeah. So when was that released? That was released in 2011. And you say good? Yes, her and Stephen Moyer. And she's receiving phone calls from a mentally ill woman in the past who finds that this woman in the past, when she breaks a relationship with this very demanding mentally ill woman, she discovers that she can affect the future, this voice over the phone, 
by uh, doing things, for instance, to eliminate people in the past that would have affected her. It's a very strange story. I I don't follow, because time travel is hard to describe in a sentence. So, But you think it's worth watching? It is certainly it is worth watching, right. if you can find it. I will check it out. Um, but I, I really liked her in that film. I wanted to uh, like her in this one, but yes, the... the it just wound up she being was the same fine. Scenes she wasn't doing anything wrong. The writers mm-hmm. were not great. Also, she ends up with Barbie, who at the fir- at the beginning is shown to be sh- mur- have murdered her husband. Right. But like, there's a he's got a reason, and he's a good guy. And then, like I said, the dude who plays Dean Norris's son, who is a kidnapper, at the beginning is mm-hmm. apparently a hero, and he's a dude who is like aspiring to be Adam Driver. Yes, and he didn't make it. No. Um, it's really, it's an odd, it's odd. Um, I would say that first episode is a good watch, uh-huh. but I think that it goes downhill pretty rapidly. I remember that by season two I was losing interest because I felt as if, and it's very obvious, um, that there's an attempt to cash cash in on the Lost Craze. Yeah. And it also is right. is like... Um, why is there a season two or three of Prison Break? Right. Like, shouldn't this be a limited series wherein you break from the prison and then that's the end? <laughs> like, but in this case, there was an attempt to create the same sort of, uh, the same sort of story where there's double a, narrative, a dozen and characters, and they all interconnect, and there's some sort of mystery. In this case, it becomes almost a religious mystery. They're talking about the dome in terms of almost like as if it's a sentient thing that's yeah. making decisions for them. Yeah. And that worked in Lost. It does not work here. It doesn't work here. And it, it and if you're looking right. for an adaptation of the book, it's not a good adaptation of the book because they tried to get a bunch of well, seasons out of it. it's also one of his trunk books. This is an idea that he didn't find worked at first and that he was able to rework into something better. Right, but... He wrote a whole story, a right. complete story, right. that they were like, well, we want to drag it out, and this isn't the one. You can drag out certain stories. The Dead Zone is a great example. The Stand, example. I think, will be something that where you can find all sorts of yes, material for it. Yes, there is a main story, but right. and if that's what you want to tell, you can tell that, but the world is still over. So mm. you could continue that story right. with new stories. Um, like I said, the dead zone, this guy has mm-hmm. this power all the time, every day of his life. So you right. could tell how that works. See, but like, this is a, it's an incident that happened and then some sort of resolution has to happen to that incident and it doesn't. And I it's think like, one of my issues for it is the fact that I could see where his influences were. And this is something that we've talked about before is he and I have read all the same books, yes. watched all the same movies. This is the beginning of the Midwich Cuckoos where there's a protected area and airplanes enter into it and crash. Uh, people enter, in that case, there's not a hard barrier, but if you walk past this line, you instantly fall asleep, and everyone wakes up, and six months later, all the women in town are pregnant. And it came from that sort of huh. concept. Which the Umbrella Academy borrows right. from, and Sleeping Beauties borrows from. And this That's is Midwich Cuckoos, for those who aren't familiar with that part of the title, winds up being Village of the Damned. That's how it opens. That's uh, the Midwich Cookies is the basis for Village of the Damned. Gotcha. So we can see where that concept came from. It has some identical opening scenes. Uh, it borrows, I think, the best image from uh, the truck crashing into an invisible wall from the movie Shadow of the Hawk, which was a Native American fantasy movie from the 70s, where a shaman sets up, Chief Dan George sets up an invisible wall made of dust. Right. And, they do and the that car breaks into it, which was really impressive when it was a practical car. I this Some still of works. This was practical. I think in this case, there's a scene involving a cow I that think it's has cool. to be the most revolting and I still it. interesting not. thing. At the, the, you'll it's see at the same from, time. It's um, from Seven Ghosts. Nope, thirteen of them. Thirteen, there ghosts. Are thirteen ghosts. They they do Matthew Lillard like that, just sliced lengthwise yeah. and then sliding down glass. Yep. It's actually. But all in all, I think what won me over were the characters in the story. Yes. And I really like these actors. I like Natalie Martinez. I like... Natalie Martinez was Rick great Robertson. in the first I, one. I like them, but it's... Just say he is in the first one, yes. but I think he dies relatively quickly. He dies very quickly. quickly. Like his pacemaker blows up. Yeah, his... Yes. Um, um, and so, yeah, I, which is funny because I guess that was... Then uh, he went over to Lost, or right. he had just come from Lost, or something like that. Yeah. So they were doing a and little bit of a... those people who aren't old enough to remember that, Lost had a huge impact on television at the time. It still does. It still does, but I mean, that was a major plot point in This is 40, 
was the characters getting stuck in watching Lost, not being able to participate with their families anymore. Which was oh, four funny. to ten. So yeah. he had just finished that right. when he came over to or Here's another it character. Been a few years, and it's I mean he as well. He uh, in Lost he played Baloo the bear from Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Look it up, y'all. I'm not wrong. So there's yes, a, there's I did a thing like where all of the characters in Lost are Chippendales. <laughs> I can see that, actually. Um, but yeah, overall it was. Um, it just didn't make any sense. No, I think if you wanted to, I bet binging it, uh-huh. I feel like like Supernatural, it would actually benefit from binging. Just get lost in this world, forget how ridiculous it is, and mm-hmm. just watch the, yeah, but I'm still you know, 30 hours of stuff. How we're supposed to feel sympathetic for monsters. Well, that's the thing. I and don't the, know because these, I didn't watch any Yeah, tomorrow. I know, but uh, the two, the season or two that we did watch, um, there are these male characters that kidnap, that murder, yeah. that deal meth, but they wind up, for the most part, being sympathetic characters. Sympathetic, in well, because white men always are. Right. They are our that protagonists That was kind of the feeling that I had, default. and what's very strange is that we started the episode with two, um, with what seems to be an indigenous person and a black man running a radio. Uh, yes. She very much felt like a character out of Northern Exposure to me. But I didn't see her at the last episode that we watched. I, I so no, I wonder... she 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 gets killed at one point. I she gets yeah. killed in the first season. So, yeah, it, it just seemed. I I don't know what was happening. There was no way of making a through line between the two episodes. No, which I mean, that we can't fault them on. We decided mm-hmm. to watch season one, episode one, and season three, episode thirteen, or whatever. So that's on us. But, like, you could definitely make your way through these 39 episodes or whatever. If you have nothing better to if do. If you have nothing better to do. I would do. suggest something better. Watching A Good Marriage. Okay, we'll switch to that now. Next up <laughs> is A Good Marriage, based on, I believe, the short story called A Good Marriage. Let me make sure that that's right. Yep, novella of the same name, so not even short story, full novella. Uh, in the 2010 collection Full Dark, No Stars, the movie was released on October 3rd, 2014. Uh, let me give you a one-sentence synopsis. Okay, Everybody ready? All right, explain this to me like I'm a two-year-old, okay? Because there's an element to this thing. I just cannot get through my thick head. After 25 happy years of marriage... Darcy discovers her husband's sinister secret and must take drastic measures to keep it from being exposed in order to protect her grown children. Well, that's not the only reason. So that's... Also to save the life of her rather booksome next-door neighbor. And several other lives, presumably. But I mean, that's the focus of the film, is that she sees him edging towards wanting to kill the neighbor. I don't think he would do that, though, because it's very close to his own backyard and... He sur- okay, y'all. Anthony LaPaglia is a serial killer in this movie, and Joan Allen takes him out. The end. No, I'm kidding. Um, that, but it is almost like a two-hander. It feels like a play, almost. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of his stuff does. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I bet this... My feeling was... Pretty easily, this could be right. staged as a play. My feeling when I was watching this is about 10 minutes or 15 minutes in, when she first discovers he's out of town a lot, it's very nice right. that they don't. That's not the crux of the story. Right, the exactly. crux of the story isn't is her husband a serial killer right, because so, we know by twenty minutes. Right. So ten or minutes in or something because he had talks. He admits it, but very early on, I was concerned this was going to be another variation on fourteen oh eight or secret window, uh, which is it's all in his head. A person, or what is that? A person sitting in a room, or even the road story that we watched, whose name escapes me just now. The character who's on the road, uh, wondering if um, the that he's made a deal with evil for his mom to die in his place. I forget the name of that one. But that was a story Maybe that Barbara Hershey was the mom. Um, was it one of the short stories in... The, um, he may, no, no, no. It was a full-length film. Some no no it's not sometimes it, oh yeah no, right. I've forgotten what it was called too but the one that the Halloween one right so I was concerned in the beginning because there is a scene where Joan Allen having discovered the evidence that her husband is the local serial killer uh, starts 
fantasizing about what the local news will say about her responsibility in his murdering ways. And for a moment, I was concerned this was going to be... Writing the bullet. Writing the bullet. That it was going to be another one of those stories where we're just treated to a long, maybe second or third act, which are just fantasies about all the various possibilities of what could go wrong. Right. And it didn't go in that direction. It did not. Uh, there's a very funny scene where Anthony LaPaglia comes home and sits at the edge of the bed and just confesses, yeah, I'm a serial killer. It's a weird scene because right. it feels like it's in our head. It does because we've been treated to scenes where, like, her fantasies, or fantasies, that's a tough word for it, her imagination runs in the direction that he's going to kill he's her. He's just going to start to kill her. Right, right, right. Instead, he very... He's super gregarious. Right. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. So we start with, um, as as I said, 25 years of marriage. So we start basically at their... Um, anniversary. Anniversary party. And uh, they've got three kids, two boys who I don't recognize, and Kristen Colony, Col- Connolly. Whoa. Kristen... Connolly. Uh, talk about a bonkers TV show. She was in Zoo. She was in Zoo. She's also in Cabin in the Woods. In the Woods. She yeah. was in a very strange adaptation. She has of... worried mouth. Her right. mouth always looks worried. Ray Bradbury, they did an adaptation of one of his stories that she was in as well. Uh... She's been, yeah. Oh, she's my age. She looks good for my age. I'm going to tell you that. She's in Revolutionary World. She's in The Happening. She's mm-hmm. in Meet Dave. Confessions of Shop Oh, she was in The Bay. Oh, yes. That's true, too. And she was in Evil. You're right. She has a good worried look. She I does. She, her, her mouth is pinched in just a way. He shrieks, almost to the point of disappearing. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, this is not against her. I think she's a lovely no, she's woman. she's lovely. She just does have a very worried Looking now, uh, they're home, you know, visiting or whatever, uh, and 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 they've thrown this party for for their parents, and then we see them go home, and we see him, him being Anthony Lapalia, whose character name is Bob. That's Bob. right, Bob Anderson. Um, he's he micromanages his wife's actions, right, to a ridiculous a, extent in a clearly abusive way like it was deeply upsetting to me that was my first sort of inkling that this Mm -hmm. is not okay like in she keeps snacks in these hidden places and in all of them there are these quote-unquote love notes from him basically like are you sure you want to eat that or and become fat like it's real gross and uh she thinks it's endearing and then he's like you know it might seem mean but i want to keep you around for a long time and i'm like no he doesn't see her as a woman or a person Mm -hmm. he sees her as an accessory and she needs to keep her ass tight in order for that to continue um they are pretty flirty and they end up having sex uh it's a weirdly long sex scene i will say that i was like this is uh, something i told you we get it they're having sex and i appreciate it um I'm 51. In this scene, Joan Allen is 58. It is yeah. one of the rare times you will see a 58-year-old having sex. That's true. In a film. A and enjoy yourself. Woman. They both are... Right. Yes. And so that's... I, I, I appreciate that, that your sex life does not shut off sometime in your mid-40s. You don't see that. Especially for a woman. Yes. You see men... No, you see the men at that age right. with women who are... 20 years 20, 30, yes. Right. But... Um, yeah, so that that is good. But also, I'm like, get off of it, him. He's it, terrible. It, I think it was trying to tell you something about the character, though. Because he has a very specific set of triggers to enjoy sex. Yes. He has to have a mirror put in the uh, background so he can watch her. She has to be on top. And yes. all these things sound like salacious details. Until you realize how meticulous as a character he is. He is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to control everything. Everything. And that's right. sort of the whole thing, right? Right. Now, we know, we, we learn we peripheral details. Like, she tries to watch a horror movie and can't. Like, she just, she's very mm. skittish and squeamish, and she gets freaked out right. very easily. She's a pretty nervous woman. Uh, she also, uh, or and, and we hear, you know, news reports of this killer in the tri-state area or whatever it is. Who's called Beady. Beady, Beady, Beady. Yes. That's the thing, right? It's, it's <laughs> Tweaky from Breck Rogers. Oh, right. He's That's... all of three feet tall and he's out to get you. Um, 
And she goes out to do something in the garage one day and finds the the identification cards of the latest victim that mm-hmm. has just been found of the serial killer. Right. And immediately she know she she doesn't even question. Well there's it. another thing that does happen, which is Earlier in the film, he gifts her some earrings. Yes, he's she, little fish right. earrings because she's a Pisces. So and they're, she um, discovers that these were the earrings on one of his victims. Uh, well, she that's after right. she finds she finds the ID card, and I mm-hmm. think she at that point she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely married to a right. murderer." Like she doesn't even she cries, and he calls when she's crying, and he's like, "Your voice sounds sick. Why are you crying?" And she says that she's thinking of her sister who had passed away when they were younger, and I don't know. If he was the cause of that, um, I don't think they tackle that in this, but I, I no, can't I remember so. if it's a thing from the book. Um, and then we see him, like, contemplating. First of all, he contemplates maybe killing another woman, but then he decides, no, he's got to go check on his wife. And so he leaves, and he gets home at, like, 3.30 in the morning. And in the meantime, she has been on the Internet right. doing some research and crying and doing some research and realizing... Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Right. I'm definitely married to a serial killer. That's real bad. But what are you going to do at 3 o'clock in the morning? You're going to go to bed. He says he's not going to be home until two days later. She's got some time. Except, whoops, he's just there in the middle of the night. Now, we had seen an image of her seeing him behind her in the mirror when she's right. in the bathroom um, and goes to choke her, but... That was these are, fake. again, these fantasies that she's yes. having about her end. And she is, like I said, a nervous person, which mm-hmm. is why, like, what, 30 minutes into the movie, I just looked at you and I went, she, this shoot must have been exhausting for it, her. I can, I'm hoping that she didn't do the 7 to 1 ratio with takes, which is the common way to shoot a movie. Uh, of course, you can do more, but... I, I can't imagine that she had to do this over and over and over again because it would yeah, be... Yeah, but any, either way, she's uh-huh. nervous 90% of this movie, right. which means the entire film filming schedule, she is keyed yes. up, and that's exhausting in and of itself. But yeah, hopefully she got him the yeah, takes the, pretty quickly. I mean, she's Joan Allen. Well, she's a pro. Joan Allen is not only a pro, she was a member, and we've discussed this before, she was a member of the Steppenwolf Theater. Okay. Um, which was founded by Gary Sinise and John Malkovich and others. Um, and so they built William Macy was a part of it. We've talked about that. So a lot of the, the oddly, a lot of the Stephen King alumni were a part of this theater company. Um, but yes, as far as a person knows how to hit their lines and hit their marks the first time, Joan Allen's one of those people, and she's turned in some amazing performances in the past. This is, I think, one of them. She's very good here. She she is. I'm just looking at... Because it was pretty clear that a, a man directed this. Uh, mm-hmm. So this movie was directed by a man named Peter Askin. When you go to his Wikipedia page, it says he's best known uh, for the directing 20, 2007 film Trumbo, the docu- documentary uh-huh. about Dalton Trumbo. And then all of the references are Trumbo. And that's a basically it. And this uh-huh. movie. That's basically it. So his name's Peter Askin. So hopefully he wasn't, you know, like doing what, you know, Mick Garris was doing, or not, not Mick Garris. I'm sorry, um, Frank Darabont was doing mm-hmm. in Shawshank, fucking up Morgan Freeman's whole arm by making him throw a ball 400 right. times to get a scene right. So, because yeah, it just seems well. That's she's, notorious for she's at a directors. nine or a ten, yeah, the whole time. And yeah, he shows up at three o'clock, three thirty in the morning, and he's like. You you almost it was it, you were so close, but that little box that I gave that that I p- keep my trophies in mm-hmm. was a little to the left of where I left it, and it was missing a rubber band, and so I know you know, and you just had to look, you just had to look, and I, now I, I how are we going to move past this? Really well, it um, does, but like weird. I said, the whole time, right. and even into the next like three or four scenes, I was like, did that really happen? Well, I think it works because there's um it it goes against your expectations, yes. I think. And it, it also emphasizes how really domestic this man is. He does not care to he even makes the comment, I'm not gonna chase you around with a knife around the kitchen. 
Yeah. Although he did have a knife in the bedroom, I think that was just in case it went the wrong way. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I think he presumes after 25 years that he's cowed this woman to... Right, his... which is the, the, the way the story is set up, is the fact that he so completely dominates her and dictates everything. Yeah. What I like about Lapalia's performance is that you see flashes, and the way it's written as well. Yes. You see flashes of intense misogyny. Oh, yeah. This oh, for sure. Well, I mean, which... Woman holds gonna... all the cards and they're all between her legs. That was something he tells his daughter at oh, one that's point true. in the story. Yeah. Um, and you he... And they're constantly talking shit about the neighbor woman who, to be fair, wears low cut things and high cut things. Right. And, but right. she's not a hooker. No, she's just a, a she's attractive a... woman with a figure who likes to show it off. Who likes to show it off. Right. For her. And she's she's not I mean he really what we find out is that he had a childhood friend, he yes. says. He who, says. Who was, yeah, it could be all in his head. Yeah. Who he and this childhood friend made up plans on how to get revenge on these young women who were snubbing them. Snoots that wouldn't have sex with them. So their idea They're was to... They're really, really... I right. mean, it's incels, right? Like, that's where yes. this comes from. They are just horribly, horribly misogynistic. Yeah. And so... I'm, I think the whole situation with Joan Allen or her character is that he has an attractive woman who basically is completely under his thumb. Yes. And so that's the reason why she's ultimately very safe, and that's the kind of life that he wants. Yeah, that's but the, other, but that's the other thing. Is the same time. She's not a partner. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are weirdly business partners. Right. But she's an accessory. Right. That's why, you know, and that's, that's kind of. Why the also the the kind of I like the scenes where he's uh, hunting out a particular coin that he wants. Yes, a rare coin, and it's one of the few times you'll hear people go "good, very good, excellent condition" in a film. I'm like, I know those terms for other things, but it makes it out this sort of cozy domesticity where he thinks that somehow she's just accepted the fact that he's a serial killer. And that she's going to live with it because there's so many other positive aspects to the relationship that she can look past his strange, overpowering need to murder women. Well, I mean, not just that. He's like, well, I'll stop. Mm-hmm. And we can just put it behind us. Right. Which is a, is a wild thing that you think is going to happen. Well, I think the thing is that he seems to really indulge in the idea that it or rather, she indulges his idea that it could be. This could she be. She does, suddenly. but like the fact that he has that idea in the first place right. is fucking wild. Well, he really does assume that he has complete control of her. Right, and that she can't live without him, and this, that, and the other. Which, mm, hey, right. guess what? She definitely can. So she buys her time, mm-hmm. and she. What? I just hear other noise. Oh, Ziggy crying at the door. Um, she he finds this coin that he's been looking for forever. Right. And she's like, "Well, why don't we go celebrate? Mm-hmm. Um, as much champagne as you can drink. It's your find. Find it's your you know, it's your celebration. Right. So they do. They go out and they have a meal, and they come back, and it's very very much mirrors the scene that we you see right at the beginning. The anniversary. Right? Bring me a sparkling water with some lime, and then you're gonna get lucky. And so he, she goes upstairs, and he goes to the kitchen, gets her some sparkling rime, lime or water and some lime, goes up the stairs, and then she pushes him down the stairs. Which was great, because I didn't see that coming. I knew that she was up to something, but I just didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah, she has a lot of darting looks to either uh-huh. side, like, is, am I going to be able to... Am I? There's a scene earlier where he's under a car that's held up by a jack, fixing mm-hmm. it, and she's looking around, and you're like, just kick it, just kick it. Just kick right. it, just kick, kick it out, and I think that there was somebody was He's, running by or something. He it was just the next wasn't. door neighbor, and and she keeps the next door neighbor is a really funny character because she is, I think, like a nightmare to everyone involved. She has sex in front of the windows, which is one thing that infuriates a Bob oh, right? right earlier in the film. Her short skirts and everything move him towards, oh, she's a slut, is what he yes, keeps saying. Yes, I'm going to have to kill her. So she's triggering him all the time. There's two times in the film where uh, where uh, Darcy, that's her name, Joan Allen's character, 
could very easily get rid of her husband or get rid of the detective who's been pursuing her all this time. Right. And the next door neighbor keeps intervening. Yes. There's a scene where, um, we'll describe that later, where it's like the next door neighbor runs in to save the situation just in time to cause Ooh, more problems yeah. for Darcy. It's, yeah. She's very funny because she's yeah. just like um, so obtrusive into this story. Well, she's even though she's trying to live her much. damn life. Yeah. Right. It's pretty funny. So he he falls, you know, he's, he mm. falls downstairs. She pushes him down the stairs right. and he does not You're die. making excuses for her now. He does not die. Uh-huh. And she comes down and she's like, you know, I thought that the, I hoped that the fall would kill you. Right. But I knew that it might not. And so I know that what I need to do and I'm, I'm going to end this. And she tries to suffocate him with a plastic bag in her hand like by shoving it in his mouth, which is deeply upsetting to me because the whole time I'm like, cover his nose too. He can breathe through his nose, cover his nose too. So... He plays dead for a minute and then comes back. He He's significantly wounded. I don't right. know that he could stand. He may have no. broken his back. Um, then she grabs his tie and pulls on it while shoving the plastic in his face. And mm-hmm. finally, it turns out that she does right. kill him. And then she takes the plastic bag and she puts it around some ground beef in the freezer, right. which she was so smart. I was like, a, damn, right. look at this. You've been studying your husband's work. I don't know. Like, why you got serial killer vibes now, girl? And um, then she calls the police and does the, my husband's fallen. And I don't think he's breathing. And then we cut. And I was like, what are we going to cut to? Because he could just wake up in the hospital. That'd be real bad. Um, But nope. We cut to his funeral. His funeral. So he is dead. And um, as they're leaving the funeral, their oldest, the oldest son makes a crack about the length of the neighbor's dress and right. she fucking loses. She's like, don't you ever talk about women like that. Right. Like she's like, we clearly did a bad thing. We did a bad job. I was raising my, uh, my kids have been raised by a serial killer. So right. they're going to have some kinks that we're going to have to work out. Um, and then she heads home and then the final little piece. And that's like 20 minutes from the end. Yeah. It, it's, there's a, a fourth act. Yes. Uh, so to speak. Sort and of a denouement, but it's got a little bit of a climax to it. And we... It's really necessary, though. I, it I is. I think that sometimes that... And and it's been hinted at the whole sh- right. the whole time. So there's this old man who was at there. You see him right at the very beginning at the anniversary party. He's uh-huh. watching them. And he's at, I think, a couple of meals that they go to. It's Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang uh, from Avatar. Is he from Avatar? The villain in Avatar. He's and a manhunter. Going to be Gettysburg, next. Tombstone, right. God, General, Public Enemy, Don't Breathe. Oh, is he the dude? No, he was the old man in Don't Breathe. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that movie. Um, and he's gotten a Tony Award nomination. So he is looking haggard and skeptical. And he comes to her as sh- as she's got... <laughs> what was the... What did the, the t- <laughs> she's donating a bunch of her husband's stuff mm-hmm. to what did it say all charities or right. something or christians for all charities or something a well she's saying goodbye to a priest and he wanders into a van that's like all charities it's, it's the oakland bay area park yes I think right that, that's what we're looking yes at. um and he comes up and he's like and he basically just says i think that you and your husband were bb the serial killer uh-huh. i think it was bob and darcy and she's like, you know, no. Right. <laughs> Basically, no. And he's like, first of all, he hands her his ID, and she's like, does R.E.T. mean retired? Like, you're not even right. a real cop, right? Which we'll talk about again when we watch Mr. Mercedes. They He refers to himself as, himself as debt rat, right. which is detective retired. Um and he's like, yeah, no, you're right. I don't have any uh, any cloud or jurisdiction or right. anything, but this shit smells dirty, and I have followed you here, and I'm just letting you know what I know. And then he goes out to his car, and apparently has a heart attack. She doesn't poison him, does she? No, no, she doesn't. She's considering killing She's, him. She considers it. You can see but, her kind uh, of looking for a sharp object or a fucking heavy thing. And she thinks that his... The detective's health is what's going to do him in, and immediately he's saved by the neighbor, who... Well, that's the thing. He right. gets to his car and then keels over, and then his 
phone or than his uh, like on his mm. horn right with his door open and before she can even think to do anything yeah the neighbor goes running over to see right. how he is and then she goes to visit him in the hospital and uh you know she grabs a pillow and he goes i don't think you get away with it twice because he thinks that she killed him right and uh she's like all right well fine let's fucking break it down i didn't fucking know and when i found out I took a couple of days to figure out what what I could do, and then I killed him. Like, I, you know, and yeah. he's he's like, you know, you came here to talk, which means you weren't ever going to use right. that the pillow. The fact that she also brought the uh, the evidence with her. That's right. She brought the the earrings the, the, and the box and the box. That's so right. So he takes from that the fact that she was not serious she, about. Killing she wasn't going to kill him, but she has to put herself in some position she has of power, to right? Think of in terms of what if everything goes wrong. Right. But and also so, like you need I need you to not look at me the way that you've been looking at me, which right. is I'm not dangerous. I need you to be even though you are in the hospital after uh, some sort of incident. Right. You can't presume that you have the power in this conversation yeah. or else I can't have this conversation. Uh and then he's like yeah, it checks out. But what about, you know, what about Bob and Darcy, BD? And she's like, no, no, no. It was like Brian, I want to say Dennehy, but that's not no, what it Brian was. Brian Dennehy was a serial killer. Uh, um, was not. Was this kid that, yeah. you know, died when he was young. Well, at least he said, and, and she says, so he says. Because right. she doesn't know if that was a thing that Bob made up. Could very uh, well be. Obviously, he's not to be trusted. I mean, he could just be entirely unhinged. But I like the fact that they bond together, these two, over the fact that when uh, Detective Ramsey pursued his last person, yeah, uh, that he allowed the person to die. And that becomes a reveal for him, and then she reveals that she killed her husband. And he, he agrees that that was the right thing to do. Yes. Honestly, yeah, and that's the end. That's mm-hmm. it. She just gets away with killing a ser- serial killer. So, I mean, I'm on, I'm on board. Now, um, this film is mm, Rotten Tomatoes reports thirty five percent really positive, uh, four point eight on Metacritic, or I'm sorry, forty three on Metacritic based on only eight reviews. We see uh, Los Angeles Times called it a wry old-fashioned game of cat and mouse with good acting. That's what I would say. Right. Village Voice said it's serviceable, nondescript, a surprising choice to adapt, which, yes, but they, they're out of time now. I think post-2013 where literally everything that Stephen King has ever written has now been optioned. Like, right. um, Wichita Eagle rejected concerns of exploitation, which... Okay, which we have to discuss yeah, let's briefly do that. because Stephen King referenced Dennis Rader, the BDK killer. Yes, this is supposed this, to be referenced. To is him. one of the few human beings who I've actually actively hated because I saw an interview with him years ago and he was just like a guy that even if I didn't know I was a serial, he was a serial killer, I would have beat him up just for being around. He was smirky, he was smarmy, he joked about the cries of his victims as they were dying. Yeah. He made jokes with the interviewer about killing children. His, his he attitude, also, like, not smart, right? Like, he was kind of an None of them are. Not I a, love the comment from are. Sherlock. Remember the line about, we want to think they're all intelligent yeah. and better than us, and they're mouth breathers. You yeah. Know, they're, they're just like the yeah. dumbest, uh, probably the, uh, the, the killer. Fastidious, maybe. Smart, probably not. Right. No. There's not a Hannibal Lecter. Overall, type. yes, there's not a Hannibal Lecter. That's not. Overall, they're just sort of dumb geniuses. Not dumb geniuses, is what I'm saying. They're sort of dumb people who have a genius for not getting caught. Yeah. And, Cunning, and you'll yes, notice smart, now, no. there are fewer serial killers now, probably. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but mm-hmm. I would guess that when surveillance became a thing, serial killing dropped off significantly. When not answering your door because you don't know who the fuck is there became a thing, serial killing dropped off significantly. You know what I mean? Like, the 70s was a sweet time for serial killers because, A, cops would refer to rape as, like, a gentle crime, which, Mm -hmm. fuck all y'all. And, B, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> they well, still yes. don't, largely. But like, I think that when we forensics was mm. a baby thing. Like we watched Mindhunter, that took place in the seventies. 
they weren't studying serial killers until the 60s and 70s. Right. And when they did study them, they were like, I mean, I'm unimpressed. <laughs> well, they're not particularly, as we said, uh, it's, it's more cunning than brains. Yeah. And they're just not... Um, God, I'm looking for a name. Oh, Ed Gein. I remember years ago reading uh, a book on the making of the film Psycho. Okay. And how it referenced the book originally re- referenced Ed Gein, who was uh-huh. a horrible serial killer. Yes. Um, he had skin things. Al- right. Almost every serial killer that you film has, film has, has referenced him. Uh, Hannibal Lecter has also referenced him. And he was just um, a hick from Wisconsin mm-hmm. who lived in the woods, mm-hmm. didn't have a thought in his head. Um, and I remember that was the first time I, I got this sort of picture. Oh, no, no, these are not the cleverest, sharpest people in the bunch. These are just sort of adults with sex problems. With, right? Yes. And, and so, uh, yeah. And so I, I, I um, with Dennis Rader, the fact that he was complaining that this film was exploiting his life or the story exploited his life, I just Wait, thought... You're saying the BC killer was mad at being exploited? Right. Which just makes him out to be just about the whiniest ass I've ever heard of. Oh my god, this is exploiting my life and blah. What a fuck face. Well, yeah, I'm going, what the hell? Yeah, big tough guy. You attack women and children and you whine because somebody makes you look bad in a book. And there were uh, concerns about the exploitation of that kind of killer in the film. But I think that this is one of the rare serial killer movies I will watch because it's not focused on watching people getting tortured. That's true. It, we actually don't right. see any of the victims, which I don't... Oh, we hear their names, which mm-hmm. is better than not. I mean, they're fictional, so it's not... And there's one interesting moment when Darcy imagines that her daughter is one of the victims, and this is one of the things that happens as she's working her way to... Into being able to Because do... we don't understand it, because we don't see any of the planning to it. No. making the decision to kill her husband. But, um, yeah. but I appreciate the fact that I this like is that. Not... I like that we didn't get a 20-minute montage of her do, doing killer research. Right. You know she was doing that. Yes. But we don't have to watch but it. But what we can guess from other the way that she approaches other things so meticulously, that she is going to approach this meticulously as well. Yeah, I really love that thing about the putting it in the freezer. Right. I was like, that's fucking smart. Good on you. Um, yeah, so that's that. Joan Allen was real good. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's only like an hour and a half long. It keeps it running at a good pace the entire time. You never, I never got bored. I was, it was, um, I was really drawn into it by everyone's performance. If you're a coin collector, uh-huh. a f- no, philatelists stamps. It might bother you because I think that some of the way that they treat coins or talk about coins is not accurate. accurate. That's what IMDb trivia wants me to know. So if that's going to like bother you, just be aware going in. They're not good coin collectors, but they are coin collectors. I mean, like for, for money. They're like coins right. with sword. Dealers? Yes. Okay. That's good marriage. It's uh, I had watched it on Netflix, but it's not on Netflix anymore. Now it's on Amazon Prime. Right. But it's easy to find, which is good. Yeah. So next week, uh, we are watching a movie called Mercy, which apparently you have seen. I have not. I've seen a long time ago. Uh, it is also from 2014, and it is based on the short story Grandma. You're also going to try and get me to see the tw- the Twilight Zone Yes, there was adaptation. an adaptation, which is surprising that it did not come up. Well, single episodes of other shows mm-hmm. are not coming up in the list of Stephen King adaptations. Okay. So, and I'm going off of the Wikipedia list because I can't, I can't search for every list, every title yeah, that Stephen King ever did. It's a full-time job in itself. Yeah, it's he's written too much, and so I'm relying heavily, heavily on Wikipedia. For good or ill. So we're watching Mercy. It stars Chandler Riggs, who is Carl. Carl! From The Walking Dead. Got your arm there, Carl? And once that's over, we're going to watch Big Driver. I've also never seen that. Starring Minnie Driver and Adam Driver. 
No. No? Okay. He's big, she's little? I don't know. Maybe I think she's that's what it would have something. to be. And then we are going to dive into... What are we uh, diving into? 11-22-63. Oh, wow. So that'll be that's a five-week be... session, y'all. Mm-hmm. That'll basically be September. Okay. And then... I, I like mm-hmm. the fact that we're, we're catching up. That we're, we're going um, forward. I like it. Oh, no, I lied. So you it's did. Mercy, it's Big Driver, and then it's Cell with one. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't think it's good. I don't. I didn't see it. It's, I'm pretty I've sure seen it. It's a, well, we'll talk about it then. Let, let, let's do that. Yeah, but we're getting into, I mean, Good Marriage was 2014. Under the uh-huh. Dome started in 2013 and went to right. 2016 or 15, maybe. Good Marriage is 2014, Mercy is 2014, Big Driver is 2014, and Cell and uh, 1122-63 are both 2016, and then we're into 2017, which is basically now. I mean, for all intents and purposes. Well, there's a lot of Stephen King. There's a Dark Tower, there's the remakes of It. Dark Tower, It Chapter 1, Gerald's Game, 1922, The Mist, the television show, uh, Mr. Mercedes Season 1, Castle Rock Season 1, Mr. Mercedes Season 2, Pet Cemetery, It Chapter 2, In the Tall Grass, Mr. Mercedes Season 3, Dr. Sleep, Castle Rock Season 2, and The Outsider. Right. And then I'll have to do a search to see what else has been released. Right, exactly. So that brings up, that still brings us up through, because we're doing two episodes of each show at a time, uh-huh. that's five weeks per show. Okay. So it's gonna we're so we're still into next year <laughs> by finishing this mid next year, uh, but we don't actually have that many more. We're gonna be doing like these little mini series, right? No, it's good. I yeah. like it. We're pushing forward, and I'm excited to watch all of these things, especially the Mister Mercedes. But I want to see eleven twenty two sixty three. I know some people really really love it, and I know some people really really hate it. Uh, I think it comes down to the James Franco of it all. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. bad dude, okay actor maybe? Bad poet. But bad director do? too. But right. uh, So, before we watch Mercy or Big Driver or Cell or 112263, etc., 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 do you have any recommendations for anything else people should watch? Yes. Awesome. What is it? I recommend that everyone stop what they're doing right now. And you go to Amazon Prime, and there is a film being distributed by them, The Vast of Night. I'm not sure. I wasn't familiar with any of the actors in the film. Uh, I'm sure that uh, they have made a lot of appearances. But it's the story set in the 50s. There's a lot of references, the late 50s, to a Twilight Zone and the, the sort of whole Eisenhower era. It is about a young woman who runs runs a switchboard in her local tiny, tiny town, and she's sort of enamored of the guy who broadcasts the local high school football teams. And one night, while everyone's paying attention at the game, they discover a noise and a light in the sky and start tracking what's causing it. The film is really, really interesting to watch because... You would think that two people talking, and there's an awful lot of talking. There's an awful lot of talking. It's uh, almost like you're watching something that was scripted by David Mamet or something. You know, there's, there's a lot of dialogue. But the characters are so endearing that you're following them on this journey. And then it takes a turn into dark and weird and creepy really quickly. And it takes place, it's one of my kind of stories, it takes place in one night. And there's a lot of really interesting visual activity that happens. There's a, a these tracking shots that go on for a really long time that follow characters running from home to home, mm-hmm. uh, trying to gather the information and discover what's going on in their town if people are disappearing. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for you, uh, for anybody who wants to watch the film. The main character played Lilith in um, Supernatural, the, okay. the woman. All right. And Jake Horowitz, the, female, or the male lead, uh, will be in the remake of Castle Freak, which I didn't oh, know there was going to be a remake well, of Castle Freak, well, but sorry. shout out to the Flophouse 
and their listeners because y'all know what I'm talking that about. That film, no. We don't need to talk about it. It's Good, fine. There's cause... another podcast that talks about it on the right. Yeah, that's that, that's not And a I've never seen it, so I cannot speak to it intelligently. Yeah, okay. But anyhow, the uh, this film features really good performances. It's very atmospheric. For people who like science fiction in the 50s, there's a lot of shout-outs to Rod Serling and to The Outer Limits, but at the same time, not to a jokey extent. It's really well done. Do you have something to recommend? Part of me wants to recommend Dracula, but part of me does not. So I'm going to go with the part of me that does and uh, give you all a warning. So uh, I binge-watched the second season of a show on Netflix called Dracula, The uh-huh. Search for America's Next Drag Super Monster which is a alternative drag competition show uh, produced by the couple, the Boulay brothers. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot. You don't like it. And I want to specify why I don't like yes, it. I don't want it to be like... It's not because of the drag. Uh, that's person not, that's who hates not drag. No, no. There is an element, because one of the, the, the cornerstones... Their cornerstones are uh, filth, glamour... Horror. I'm down with two of those, but the filth part is yeah not for me. Yeah, no, there are some very. If you are a germaphobe and a mitophobe, if you have a fear of blood, gore, uh, this is not for you. Right. I also hope that you're not watching the Stephen King movies along with us, and we're very sorry if that is the case. But uh, if you want to see a different take on uh, a drag competition, especially that second season. Honestly, I've watched a couple of parts of the third season. The first season is not available right Uh now. And they're going to release the fourth season. It comes out on Halloween every year. So we've got a little ways to wait. So you could catch up. Um, The third season feels a little more polished. Right. Uh, Well, the episodes you guys were watching felt very much like I was watching... um, uh, Project Runway or In the, in the second season uh-huh. you didn't even see the performers out of their drag at right. least partial makeup until like the seventh episode or the sixth episode. You just didn't know what their I don't know you how only they knew their persona, to right? Yes. What that even was. If that is not the case in this new one. It uh-huh. is you see them right off the bat. In the in the third season, they have a whole setup where they go and 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 you know do their whole a workroom very right. much right, which I eh, like. They're getting a bigger budget and they want to do these things, but there's something very interesting about that second season because there's a lot of these not even confessionals like in normal uh-huh. um, reality TV, but these very real bitchy fights where you can see that people are putting on a persona to do a protection or something like that and then getting called out for it. Right. And then they show them talking it through. It is way more sort of supportive in a lot of ways than you would expect to see in a show like this. I'm... I'm and guessing, I think they're losing that in the third season. I'm guessing season. what happens when I was... Because like I'll be in the room and you and, yeah. and our other roommate are watching this. Um, and she's already into like several episodes into the third right. season. I watched the second episode of the third season and I was like, it feels like it lost some of the magic for me. I really yeah. think that second season was a little I, bit magical. I think that what you had... Because I've always said this about watching movies and television... I want to go someplace I've never been or right. see a part. I don't mean that in a fantasy context. I mean, yeah, show no. me what it's like to be a blue person living in, you know, the mountains above Morocco. Show me what it's like to That's what I want to see. Right. You know, I liked an officer and gentleman because I don't know what a military academy is like. Right. And so, whoa, what's that like? So, this was an interesting take as far as I could follow it before, you know, the journey. And it was like you got to not look at this right. like this yeah, is going to bother moments you. Moments from like, yeah, no, no, I don't need to see mm-hmm. that. But um, where they're having these discussions, and I really got the sense this is a a, a not particularly big community. No, what they do um, is very niche and, and very it's a small community. Yeah, and what and I like the idea that I never 
from those pictures got to see who they were because this persona is what they are. This is it's what who they are. It's right. who they wanted to put forward, which is why I thought it was cr- like I was like, oh well, that's cool. And mm-hmm. then they did like a field trip episode where right. they took them all out to what was it called, Wasteland uh-huh. or something like something, that? Something, yeah. Which is basically Mad Max cosplay, like it's Mad Max Renfair right. in a weekend in the desert in Southern California. And so they, when they were traveling out there, they were just themselves, right. sans makeup, sans um, costumes, sans anything. And that's the first time we saw them. And that was only the final four but people. That was interesting too, because what you're doing is you're taking them and putting them out in the world that's even more fantasy than their fantasy world. Right. But it's also a, a, what they do keep saying, uh-huh. that is a straight festival. Right. And they were going to be doing drag in a straight festival. And then it's also, you know, what is drag? There's a lot of that. There's two mm. biological cis women. That's in the well, third season? no, biological born female. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, in the third season. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they right. handle that. Uh, but well, it's 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 inter- It's really interesting, and I it think, is a world that you don't right. know about. Trust one me, the, y'all, that you don't know. One of the characters, or one of the characters, I, it's so hard because yes. the persona is so. I, well, it, can you say that always about right. reality TV performers? Right. Like, what do you call them? They're they're doing something, right? But so one <laughs> of them, there was an interesting discussion that which I hoped they would go into, and they didn't. Which, and I understand why, was. Finding out that one of their sisters was sexually straight and had a wife and kids, and there was a moment where they have this discussion where it's not you know we they didn't have a problem as a predominantly gay community right with this and person they were being like straight. being queer does not equal being gay right, and exactly. this motherfucker and is queer so as hell these are their there, words not mine and I just got there going oh this is really that I did not expect and that, that. was it. That was right. the end, and nobody said anything and I, about I, it. I like that because, on the one hand, I was really curious to find out more about that particular aspect. On the other hand, I understand that straight people and their problems take up everyone's media. Yes, And so right. we do not need to take up a predominantly no. queer topic with, how does this straight person feel about it? It was very no, much like they, saying... they didn't say any. They didn't right. talk to that, but it would be that very much like, about it at all. Let's talk about the white life that matters and the black life matters movement. Yes, That's what it would no, have felt right. like. Yeah. And so um, I'm really glad they didn't go there. Yes. I, but like I said, it, they are not kidding around. Right. If you are an emetophobe, if you have a problem yeah. with blood, if you have a, if you have a problem with piercing, if you have a problem like there is some... If you have a problem with people pulling out their piercings... Um, they... Yeah. Their extermination... Their extermination challenges are extreme. They had two of their contestants get actual tattoos. Uh-huh. The first episode, they had them pierced with those body piercing needles that are temporary, uh-huh. but they went up to like a zero gauge needle through their flesh yeah, so that you watch. I, so that I have a really good friend who aware. automatically would just be out. Needles yes. are not a thing that she does. Uh, as well as spiders and clowns, but needles in this case. Yes. So I mean, they are these exterminations are serious, and they also do a cute thing where the losing the losing queen gets murdered in every episode, very much like that murder mystery TV show where mm-hmm. everybody got to have a little death scene. So that's in there too because they are a horror show as well. So it's yeah for a specific audience, I recommend it. Watch that first episode. If you like it, keep right. watching. If you don't, good luck and Godspeed, and we'll be with you next week with mercy. That's what I can say. Uh, sorry this was a rocky episode. We had to re-figure out how to do it. Also, I'm uncomfortable in this chair. You seem very far away. I hope the sound isn't so terrible. It's going to take me forever to edit. Uh, fingers crossed. We thank you for uh, waiting with for us because uh, it sucks that we didn't get to put out ep- episodes for two weeks and I hated it and I don't want to do it again so hopefully we'll be able to bank some once I can get a system in here that works uh, and hopefully we don't have to move for you know a long time because mm-hmm. I hate it so so much. much next up Mercy I believe it is only available for rental so that is what we are going to do and the episode of Grandma which we will also reference, is on YouTube as we speak. Oh, cool. So, so it's a I will easy half-hour watch. Send it to me, and I will link it in right. the show notes for today's episode. So okay. it'll be in your show notes, guys. Yes. 
until next time, you can email us at latecomerspod at gmail.com. Dot com. You can tweet at us at latecomerspod. Pod. You can find us on Facebook by searching Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. Yep. I was waiting for you to finish because you were doing things nope. after every time. I was going to wait. In the meantime, I remind you to take both your medicine and your supplements. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Stay inside. Oh, we hope that you aren't being affected Hopefully by these Hopefully by the time you hear this, the, the gray soup that is our atmosphere in California will be gone. It won't be gone, but hopefully it's less insignificant. Right? Yeah, it's it's hard to even see. We weren't seeing the sun for a while. No, and we hope that you guys are safe and yes. uh, all of the, the, your loved ones are also safe. And we'll talk to you next week. And I remind you to take your medicine again. And we remind you, better, better late, late than, than never. never.